Well, hello, Crossroads. Today is a very special day here at Crossroads Community Church. It is the Sunday before Christmas, which is exciting for most people, except for us Grinches. That's right. I said us Grinches. Some of us are all about that Grinch life. Anybody? Just me. Okay, great. All right. Um, I do have a couple parts of Christmas that I really enjoy. I really enjoy wearing ridiculous Christmas clothing. The rest of the year, I can't wear this stuff, so I love, I love that part of it. And I also love Christmas at Crossroads. Christmas is one of the times of the year, well, the time of the year where people are the most likely to accept an invite to church. So one of the reasons I love Christmas is Christmas at Crossroads, all the people that are going to be here this next week learning and hearing about Jesus and the real reason for Christmas, and I love that part. Plus, my kids are kind of at that age right now, all like elementary, middle elementary, where Christmas just seems magical. You know, like all those little parts are just magical. So I'm losing a little bit of my Grinchness. But don't worry, I'm still about that Grinch life. Um, today, we are also going to be celebrating families. At the end of our service, we'll be celebrating some specific families that went through our parent-child dedication program. One of my absolute favorite things we do here at Crossroads, one of the favorite parts of my job is going through that process and watching parents make that commitment. And it's beautiful. And plus, that means there's going to be some cute babies today. Woohoo! Uh, plus, I truly believe that the Holy Spirit has something inspiring for all of us today. So as we begin, will you pray with me? God, we love you. Thank you for you, God. We pray that you speak to us, that you will move in our hearts and minds today, that you will use any words spoken up here however you need to use them because we love you and we want to grow closer to you, Jesus. We pray this in your name, amen. All right, now before we get to all the cute babies and the preschoolers and all that stuff, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions today. The main question I want to ask you today, what are you building your life on? And then how are you helping kids build their lives? Because we're all building our lives on something. Do you know what I mean by that? Like there's something inside of us, there's some kind of belief, there's something that is like the core of what the rest of our life is built on. And our beliefs become behavior. Our beliefs, the things we believe about ourselves, the things we believe about God, the things we believe about this world, our beliefs become behavior. So as we start off, that we need to first understand that principle that what we believe is really, really, really important because what we believe will impact what we do. What we believe is going to control how we act, what we do. So today I really want to explore what's your foundation? What are some of your core beliefs that everything is built on. I know what a lot of us would say. I know what a lot of us would, would want to say anyway, right? Well, my, my foundation is built on my faith. It's built on God. It's built on Jesus. It's built on God's word. Okay, well, if our beliefs become behavior, then if we kind of examine our behavior, we can really see what our core beliefs are. So how often are we studying God's word? Not Reading, reading the Bible is important, but how often are we really studying? Are we digging deep into it? How much, are, how much are you praying? When's the last time you invited someone to church or invited someone over to stream with you a church service? Maybe you're like, my, my, my beliefs, my foundation is my family. That's the most important thing to me. My life is built on that foundation. And okay, well, like how often are you really, truly, totally present 
with your family versus finishing that email or checking the gram or doing whatever, playing Angry Birds. I don't know. That's, that's what I do. Maybe your beliefs are just, I'm trying to, trying to be a good person. That's what I'm all about, being a good person. Like, okay, well, does your behavior match that? Because our beliefs become our behavior. If we honestly look at our behavior, our recent behavior, what does that say about our core beliefs? And I think if we're, if we're really 100% honest with ourselves, most of our foundations kind of stink. If we're honest with ourselves, and this was kind of hard the last couple of weeks preparing for this because I had to be honest with myself, most of our foundations are really built on our insecurities. Most of our foundations are really built on some incorrect belief about ourselves. One of the reasons I love working with middle schoolers is because that's where a lot of these insecurities start with all of us. I think most adults are really just a masked version of our 13-year-old self. And I love being with middle schoolers because we can kind of help navigate that then before we start building too many building blocks on top of it. But most of our foundations are built on our insecurities. That's why most of our behaviors are trying to get people to like us. It's trying to be a success story, be an American success story, trying to make more money, trying to look good. It's because we're insecure about something. And we think if I can get these things, it's going to somehow mask this insecurity and help me overcome it. But really, that's not how it works. And I don't really need to go through a list of our insecurities because I'm pretty sure we, we know, right? You know. Wherever, wherever you are listening to this, as I talk about your insecurities, you know. Deep down, you, you know what that is. We might not want to admit it. We might not really want to think about it because we know it's going to be a hard thing to think about and a real hard thing to really help ourselves and, and move past it. But we know. And if you don't know, don't, don't fool yourself into thinking you don't have any, because you, you do, I do, we all have some insecurities that are deeply rooted that we are building our lives on in ways that we usually can't even see. So if you can't think of what yours are today, then I think that's a, a good place to start, is, is go spend some quiet time. Go spend some time with God and just go, okay, God, what? What are my deep-rooted insecurities that I'm not aware of? And then just sit and be quiet and let God speak. I have an insecurity that I'm not good enough. It's something I have dealt with, well, since middle school, because that's where a lot of these things start. And I have to fight it all of the time. I have to fight it with, with this job of being a pastor. Am I good enough? Am I doing enough of God's work? Am I doing whatever? And I'm not good enough to do it all. I fight it with my family, my good enough husband. I'm not being a good enough dad. Something happened in my past that I've just got this insecurity that I'm not good enough, and I have to fight it all of the time. Otherwise, that incorrect belief about myself starts to impact my behavior. I'll start trying to one-up everybody when I'm talking to them. You know what I mean by that? You know that one-up guy? I hate the one-up guy. Every time you tell a story, they've got one that's a little bit better. And then I go, well, then I got to do the same thing. So then mine's a little bit better. And then we spend an hour just like, and then at the end of it, we're just making stuff up. We're like, oh, yeah, I totally, yeah, oh, yeah, the one time. Like, no, 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 no. I start to put other people down because if I think I'm not good enough and I have to bring you down to my level, 
And that's just not okay. That's not who I want to be. That's not what I want my life to be. But if I don't check it, that insecurity, I will start to build off of that and my behaviors will become things that I don't want to do, a person that I don't want to be. So let me ask you again. What are you building your life on? Most of our foundations are built on those insecurities, those incorrect beliefs about ourselves. So maybe a little better question that we should ask ourselves this morning. How do I build a better foundation? Because I think we all need one. And how do I get there? Well, good news. Jesus tells us. Isn't that great? It's like he's really smart. It's like he really cares about us or something. Isn't that cool? I love God. I love Jesus. Because most of the time when I struggle with something, oh, Jesus, if I just listened, okay, kick me in the shins again, God. Got it, right? Let's listen to what he says. It's starting in Matthew chapter 7. We're going to start in verse 24. These are the words of Jesus. He says, everyone then who hears these words of mine, remember this is Jesus talking, so everyone hears the words of Jesus, this is the important part, and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. That's going to become important later. The rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. I wish it ended there, but it doesn't. Verse 26, I think this is the part where it describes me. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who builds his house on the sand. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. What are you building your life on? Now, Jesus says these words at the end of the greatest sermon ever given. It's called the Sermon on the Mount, and honestly, I should just shut up today and just open the Bible and read that like three or four times in a row. We'll just read through those three chapters, but... Sorry, you're stuck with this idiot today. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them, this is Jesus talking, everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Now, when I read this, a lot of questions come to my mind. And I think whenever we read our Bible, that's super important to ask Questions Like, well, what does this mean? Because we can make assumptions about what it means, but we might, we might be wrong. So what exactly does this mean? And this is the, the, the number one step in going from reading your Bible to studying your Bible is asking questions and then searching answers for those questions. So when I read this, a couple of questions pop out into my head right away. The first one is, what are these words, right? Like Jesus is saying, if you hear these words, and do them, you're like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. So, well, what are these words? Is he like referring to the entire Bible? I have to like memorize the entire Bible? Like, what, what exactly is he talking about? Well, remember, this is at the end of Jesus giving the greatest sermon ever given, the Sermon on the Mount. So Jesus is referring to those specific words, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5 through 7. He's those exact things. So let, I, like I said, I should just shut up and read that. But I'm not going to. So anyways, we're going to just go through a couple of the things that are in those three chapters. And I would encourage you this week, just go read those three chapters. And there's no way you can just go and read those three chapters and not be like, 
oh, convicted. I am not doing those things because we're not. Um, there's things in there like, blessed are the meek. Blessed are the merciful. Maybe some of you, the Beatitudes are in there. Blessed are those, I love this one, who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Hunger and thirst. Not like, oh yeah, righteousness would be cool, but hunger and thirst for righteousness. Things like blessed are the peacemakers. Do we need more peacemakers in our world? Blessed are the peacemakers. There's some radical ideas like love your enemy. You can't find that anywhere else. You can find a lot of things in other religions and other sacred texts, but you can't find love your enemies anywhere else. That's a radical, crazy idea. Radical ideas like don't lust. Stop worrying. Give to the needy. Things like the Lord's Prayer, here's how you should pray. Things like don't store up treasures on earth. Christmas, anyone? And don't judge. These are the words specifically that Jesus is saying, you need to hear these words and do them. Then your foundation is built on the rock. When you hear these words and go, oh, that's pretty, that's nice, I hope you do that. All right, bye. You're building your house on sand. The second question that pops up into my mind is, what does he mean by the rock? Because it doesn't say a rock, and there's a lot of rocks. But it says the rock. Well, once again, the answer is in this Sermon on the Mount. Right before this, starting in verse 21 of Matthew chapter 7, Jesus says these words. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, hear this part. I never knew you. Ouch. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. I never knew you. In other words, if we're building your life on a solid foundation, it's not about what you do. It's about who you know. It's not about what you do, even though there's a list of like, you know, be a peacemaker and do those things, but it's more about who you know. I love this part. This is my favorite part. I love this part. Building your life on a solid foundation doesn't mean I got to go do this list of things. That is, that, 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 that's not the point. Jesus is saying it's about, do you know me? Do you know Jesus? You're going to build a solid foundation. It means you build your solid foundation on knowing Jesus. Because when you know Jesus, when you are close to Jesus, when you're spending your life trying to get closer and closer and closer to Jesus, guess what's going to happen? All those other things. All of a sudden, you're going to have these radical ideas about loving your enemies because you've experienced the radical love of Jesus, that it becomes a natural thing. All of a sudden, you're going to want to be a peacemaker because the closer you get to Jesus, the prince of peace, the more you're going to be trying to make peace instead of stirring up drama. If we want to build a solid foundation, if we want to overcome the insecurities that are so deeply rooted inside all of us, it's not about doing something, it's about knowing someone. I love that. 
Because when we care about what other people think about us, then we're building on sand. When we care about being an American success story, we're building on sand. When you value popularity, when you value money, when you value just trying to have a good time, when we value being right, when we value being right, we're building on sand. When we value getting likes on Facebook, when we value our political views, we are building on sand. What are you building your life on? When we value ourselves, we're building on sand. What are you building your life on? When we know Jesus, we are building on rock. I'm going to change direction slightly. I'm going to ask that second question today. How are you helping kids build their lives? Now, a lot of you are like, well, my kids are grown, or I don't have kids yet. If that's you, don't tune this part out, because this part is specifically for you. Studies show, and these studies haunt me, that 50 to 70% of kids who grow up in church, kids that are here right now, 50% of those kids are going to walk away from church when they graduate high school. This haunts me. It should haunt all of us. Now, church attendance is not the ultimate goal, right? Knowing Jesus is the ultimate goal, but it's really hard to quantify that when you're doing a large study. And so they decided we're going to use things like church attendance. Are you reading your Bible? How often are you praying? And what they found was about 50 to 70%. That's the bad news. Here's the good news. They also found in these studies the number one factor, the number one factor, there's a lot of different factors, the number one factor in kids who, who stayed going to church, who we, we can then assume are hopefully still pursuing a relationship with Jesus, the number one factor, you. The number one factor is those kids, new and adult, that did not serve in the kid ministry or the student ministry. They knew you. The number one factor is, is, is you. Now, having really good family ministries, having a great student ministry, having a really awesome kid ministry, that's a part of it. Parents, that is a huge part of it, right? You are the number one disciple maker in your kid's life, but they found the number one factor is you. It is you investing in kids and in students. It's people like Jack Blaker, who he was out here earlier, learning kids' names, knowing kids' names. During uh, the pandemic, when we were working on the building, Jack was here, I don't even know how many hours, working on stuff, getting the whole kid space ready, which is awesome. But one day, after they just put the slides and stuff in there, working on those, I decided to bring my kids up, because somebody has to test out the equipment, right? <laughs> somebody needed to get out of the house, right? So we were like, let's, let's go. So we, I came here, brought the kids, and Jack was here working, and Jack had been working here in, like, by himself most of the time, so he was used to having a quiet space to work. Well, 
that day wasn't so quiet. And I wasn't sure how Jack was going to react to that. So I just didn't know. I had an idea, but I wasn't sure. I don't think I've ever seen Jack so happy. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mess up his words. But Jack said something to me like, man, I needed this. Man, I just needed to hear those sounds of kids running and laughing and playing and fighting because, you know, kids. He said it recharged his soul. My kid, and then, and then if you know Jack, you know this part makes sense. Then Jack went upstairs and played with them. <laughs> he might have been the first one down the slide. I'm not sure. My kids know Jack. Jack knows my kids. My kids are more likely to keep going to church when they graduate high school because of Jack. How many of your kids know Jack? Because they met at some kind of church event, they met somewhere, and Jack knows their name. And they know his name. A couple weeks ago, we had a young adult uh, that was back in town, and so she came to church, and I was so excited to see her. And then I got so excited when she came in, and she went right to Jack and gave him a hug. I was like, yes, that's what we need. We've got a grandma here who brings her high schooler to Pulse every Monday night. So every Monday night, uh, downstairs, we have Pulse, our high school group that meets. We talk about some real-life stuff. We have a whole bunch of fun. So if you're in high school, come join us Monday nights. Well, this grandma brings her granddaughter, but she doesn't just bring her granddaughter. She also goes and picks up her granddaughter's friends. She doesn't know it, but she's having a huge impact. Not just by bringing them here to be part of the, the student ministry, which is important, but they know an adult. That adult knows their names. They have, they have an extra grandma now. When I was a kid, I didn't always feel really welcomed at church because I was the kid that was, no surprise to anyone here, I was the one running around and getting in all kinds of mischief and dodging old lady duffel bags with cats in them, you know, running around. Um, yeah. But there's a lady named Mary Euler. Mary Euler knew every kid there. Every kid. And every Sunday she would welcome every single one of us with a smile, sometimes a piece of candy. I don't know if that's okay or not, probably not, but but she knew us, she cared for us, and we knew that she cared for us. If we brought a friend, she learned their name. If we ever brought that friend again, she remembered that friend. She made a huge impact without knowing it, just by being excited that there were kids there. She recently passed away. That's why I'm a little teary-eyed. Number one impact. It's you. It's you investing in kids. It's you being excited that there's kids running around. It's you being happy when a kid bumps into your leg. It's you giving fist bumps to kids in the parking lot. It's you. It's you looking at parents when the parents are a little embarrassed because their kids are running around being crazy and saying, it's okay. We're happy that they're doing it. Let them go. Let them be crazy. They're kids. <laughs> Learn some kids' names. Give some fist bumps. Give some high fives. Maybe give some free candy and puppies in a big unmarked van. <laughs> okay, maybe, maybe not that one. <laughs> maybe not that. Some of you were like, yeah, okay, wait. No, that's... See if you're paying attention. <laughs> we all have a role 
in helping kids and teenagers build their foundations on the rock. Today we'll be celebrating some specific families who have made a commitment to doing that with their kids. Because it takes a three-pronged approach. It takes parents who are committed All the parents in here, it takes parents who are committed to teaching, to showing the values of Jesus in their lives. We need parents who are committed. It takes a family ministry that is passionate. It takes a kid, it takes Kid Crossing, it takes Joel, it takes Pulse, it takes Branded, our young adult ministry. It takes a family ministry that is passionate. And it takes a church that is excited. It takes a church that is excited about kids and students running around, being crazy, breaking stuff. Never happens. Yesterday we had a a parent-child dedication service and it was beautiful and it was meaningful and I love the way we do it here at Crossroads. Today we're gonna celebrate, we're gonna honor those parents' commitment and we're also gonna make a commitment as a church that we are going to help support, we are going to partner with, we are gonna walk alongside these parents because the older my kids get, the more I realize parenting is hard. It's hard. You've probably heard the saying, it takes a village to raise a kid, right? It takes a whole church for a kid to build a solid foundation. It takes the whole church for a kid to build a solid foundation on Jesus. It takes parents, it takes a family ministry, and it takes the church. We desperately need all three. Here at Crossroads, we want to reach people who are far from God, equip them to go and impact their world. Nothing impacts your world quite like having a baby, right? Well, one of my favorite things we do at Crossroads is helping equip parents through parent-child dedication. We are all about kids and families. Parents, you are the primary disciple maker for your kids. Crossroads is committed to be here to help walk alongside you and partner with you through Kid Crossing, Crossroads students, even branded our young adult ministry. That video was all the parents and all the the kids that just went through our parent-child dedication process the past few weeks. And they made a covenant with the Lord that they're going to teach their kids about God. They're going to help build a solid foundation of Jesus for their kids. This isn't just a cute thing where they got all dressed up and showed up to take pictures, but it's a milestone marker for these families and their faith journey with Jesus, a covenant with God to build solid foundations. But this day is not just for these families because none of those kids are going to remember any of it. It's for our church. It's an opportunity for all of us to partner with these kids, to partner with these families, to help these parents, and all the other ones like them. It's an opportunity to help these families build solid foundations. And honestly, it's an opportunity for you to build your foundation. Because the more we love on kids, the more our foundation gets built. Look at how many times Jesus stopped to talk to kids. Jesus' disciples were all 12, except for three of them. You think he liked being around the student ministry? This is our amazing Kid Crossing director, Joyce. She is going to come up here and, and pray. She made me promise I will not talk about her. Um, but this lady, she is so passionate about kids and what she does day in and day out. 
So thank you, Joyce. Thank you, Brandon. I am so honored to be able to do this prayer for these families. So would you bow your head, please? Dear God, send your Holy Spirit daily to lead, guide, and counsel these families. Always assist them to grow in wisdom, grace, knowledge, kindness, compassion, and love. May these families serve you faithfully with their whole hearts devoted to you all the days of their lives. May they discover the joy of your presence through a daily relationship with Jesus. Help these parents to never hold too tightly or neglect the responsibilities before you as parents. Help them to do everything in their power to raise their children according to your holy word. We look forward with great anticipation to the day that these children decide on their own to make Jesus their forever friend. In your precious name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Joyce. Oh, I love this stuff. Um, if you consider Crossroads your home, we're going to put some words on the screen because we all need to make a commitment to. We need to help these families build their foundations. And here we brought in, as you can see, some of our kids, elementary age, are jolt, some of our middle school age kids. Some of you are like, oh, yay, kids. And some of you parents are like, oh, no, kid, don't run on the stage. <laughs> it's okay, I love you guys. Um, but kids, you need to make this commitment too. As kids grow up, they're going to look up, Jolt Age, these kids are looking up to you guys. High schoolers, they're looking up to you. All you elementary guys, all the preschoolers, all the little ones, they're looking up to you. You guys are a big part of this church, and we value you so much. So we want you guys to make this commitment too. We're going to put some words up on the screen, and we're going to read them as a church family, not just so we can read words, but because we want this to be the commitment that we are making to help families here at Crossroads, but in our entire community, because there's a lot of families that need a foundation of Jesus in this community. Amen? So we're going to put the words up here on the screen. They're also on your note sheet. Read them along with me. We as a church family commit to pray for these families and others like them. Partner with parents to disciple their children. Position ourselves to reach more. Scott's going to come up and pray one more time over all of our families. You know, um, life has a, a way of quickly changing. And... Um, I did two funerals in the last two days. Both were crossroaders. 63, 66 years old. One had been ill for quite some time. Wasn't so unexpected. But the family still grieves, right? One was a crossroader that was a personal friend that went home from work, sat on her couch, opened up her laptop, had her phone with her, and in the next second had a massive stroke, was gone. And then what? They step into eternity. Yesterday morning, as we were getting up to go prepare for another funeral, our daughter-in-law called our son's wife 
I hear my wife bawling on the phone. You're kidding. What happened? You know what that does to you first thing in the morning? Our youngest grandchild, Rowan, spiked a fever in the middle of the night and went into a seizure and had to go by ambulance. You want to know how important what we do as a church is? Building on a rock? You want to know how important these little kids are? That's the future of sharing hope and love in this community across the world? You want to know how important you are to this whole process? Keep those things in mind. Hug those kids. Hug your family. Say, I love you. And use your time, your talent, your treasure to make a difference in the thing that will matter the most for all eternity. People. Would you join me in prayer for this family? God, we are so grateful for the privilege of knowing you, the privilege of loving you because you loved us first, the privilege of having breath today. But God, there's not one thing more important in this world than building a foundation on you to know you personally. There's not anything more important that we'll ever do in a life than value another life, to point another person, young or old, to you. And God, that only happens when we personally know you and we don't just hear your words, but we do them. We don't fit you in, you're the priority because there's nothing that matters more. God, I pray for these children. I pray for their families. I pray for our church family, for those that work with them, that dedicate time and invest in them, in my grandkids. They're doing your work. We wanna do your work. God bless family ministries here at Crossroads. We love you. We give you the praise because you deserve it in your name. Amen. All right, kids, you guys can head back to Kid Crossing to Jolt. I miss you guys. I'll see you for Christmas, okay? All right, thank you. We all have a role in helping these kids build their foundation for Jesus. These kids, we're not talking about some abstract idea here. We're talking about these kids and the many, 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 many like them. We all have a role. I'm gonna ask you those questions one more time. How are you helping? How are you helping these kids build their foundations on Jesus? It takes a church that is excited about kids And the other question, what are you building your life on? What are you building your life on? What is your foundation? Is it still built on those insecurities that are so deeply rooted inside of us? Or today are we going to make a decision that I'm going to fight those insecurities? 
to build my life on Jesus, on the love of Jesus. It's not about what you do, it's about who you know. How well do you know Jesus? How well does Jesus know you? We're gonna close with a song. And in, those, in this song, there are the words, I build my life on your love, Jesus. Don't just sing those words today. Pray those words today. Claim those words today. I build my life on your love, Jesus. And maybe there's somebody here that's never made that choice to follow Jesus. Maybe you're not sure exactly what that even means to build a foundation on Jesus. Well, I'm a pastor. I'm still trying to figure out exactly what that means. That's okay. What I know is it means I get a life of crazy love. A life where the more I know Jesus, the more I want to love like crazy and love my enemies. What I know is it's a life where I get challenged to be a peacemaker. What I know is it's the foundation I want my life built on. And I'm going to pray and I'm going to give you the opportunity to make that decision today. The most important, the best decision you can ever make to build your foundation on Jesus. Maybe you've been coming to church for a long time. Maybe you've been a follower of Jesus for a long time. But today you just need to say, I I need to do some work on my foundation today. Make that your prayer as we close. You're going to build your foundation on the love of Jesus. Let's all pray. Jesus, we love you. We love you, we love you, we love you. Because even when we don't deserve it, you love us. God, I pray for every single person hearing these words today that your Holy Spirit will work in their hearts to build a solid foundation on Jesus. That we will fight, that we will punch our insecurities in the throat and build on something better. We'll build on the words that you say about us. Maybe you've never made that commitment to follow Jesus right now, wherever you're at, wherever you're hearing this, silently in your head, just talk to God. We call that praying. Say, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I want to follow you. I admit there's some stuff in my past that's, that was wrong. I admit there's probably still some stuff going on that's wrong. I ask you to forgive me for that. I believe you are God, that you have power to forgive me. And even though I don't know exactly what it means yet, Jesus, I commit to following you. I commit to making you the foundation for my life. We pray all this in your awesome, holy, powerful name. Amen.